was a very interesting process to, to adapt the L'Oréal way of working to this new type of the factories and to also adapt the factory to the process of the big, huge L'Oréal, uh, three continents, 60 countries, uh, uh, 47 brands, etc., etc. So this was the idea of, uh, of being uh, at the head of this website factory and it was a very interesting uh, time. Hello and welcome to the 25 Days of Transformation series, where we talk to industry experts and global brands about the highs and lows of digital transformation. We'll learn from real-world business examples, get first-hand industry insights from the digital experts, and we'll take a deep dive into what trends to look out for in the coming months. I'm Tizzy Philp, Strategic Content Lead here at Valtech, and I'm here to guide you through these conversations and to uncover the latest and greatest in digital. Today I'm joined, albeit remotely, by Anne Guichard, Global Chief E-Commerce Officer at L'Oreal. Formerly Managing Director of L'Oreal's website factory, and the topic we'll be focusing on today, Anne will be walking us through her experiences and explaining how the beauty leader has handled the various stages of digital transformation, including vitally how they underwent a full mindset change. For those listening, I should point out that L'Oreal's website factory has rolled out 11 masters, 300 websites, and is the largest cycle project across the world, so no small undertaking. Anne, we're very excited to have you here and welcome to the podcast. Hello, nice to be with you today. I wondered if we could start by asking you to tell us a little about your career and how you came to be head of the website factory at L'Oreal. I know and nothing was uh, written before, let's say, because, <laughs> uh, you know, I had a long career at L'Oreal, uh, 25 years. Uh, and among those 25 years, I, ha- I had 23 years dedicated to business, you know, uh, so working at uh, in, a can- in countries, at marketing and then in general management in France, abroad, then coming back to France, and always, you know, dealing with this uh, subsidiary, you know, uh, fighting for the figures from day to night, uh, you know, uh, with your commercial teams, going to see uh, retailers, etc. So it was more this kind of uh, job I had. And suddenly, you know, uh, mid-40s, uh, mid I had a sort of uh, <laughs> crisis. <laughs> decided perhaps to, 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 to see something else. I opened my, my chakra and uh, dig into what could I do to change. And uh, after a discussion, a very interesting discussion with the HR of L'Oréal, they proposed me to enter the digital team. Really, I, I thought it was a strange idea because I had no technical background. But in fact, they said, you know, it's great to have people with technical backgrounds in this, in this team, but we also need people who have a deep knowledge of what L'Oréal is because it helps connecting, you know, the new digital departments to the L'Oréal world. So I accepted to uh, take this uh, website factory. It was a great shock, to be honest, at the beginning, because, for example, in the first meeting, I understood no word, you know, not a word was a word of my language. It was IT world. You know, I was entering a complete new world, you know, speaking about DevOps, uh, mm-hmm. Bitbucket, and, uh, you know, Quality Gates, and... Uh, and SonarCube, and you know, it was completely something new to me. And after, let's say, one month, month, you know, you take your notes, you, you are a student, you know, it was so great to be, be back to student times. 
Then I was able not to, of course, code. It was not my aim. My aim was not to code with my teams, but to be able to understand how would we take this great factory, this technical little plane, and to make it land on the, let's say, uh, you know, the plane carrier, the, the port-avion, as we say in French, that was L'Oréal, this huge thing that was L'Oréal. And we had this little, uh, very technical, modern warplane, and we had to make it land. And I was here for this advice. And it was a very interesting process to, to adapt the L'Oréal way of working to this new type of factories, and to also adapt the factory to the process of the big, huge L'Oréal, uh, three continents, 60 countries, uh, uh, 47 brands, et cetera, et cetera. So this was the, uh, the idea of, uh, of being uh, at the head of this website factory. And it was a very interesting uh, time that we had together with the team. Yeah, it sounds it. And quite a journey to get there, but no doubt all previous experience making uh, your role there so much more relevant. And I think just to add some more context for the listeners, how do you create such a factory? Maybe you could tell us just a little small uh, background about mm. what we were, what were you were dealing with there. You know, taking a, you know, making a step forwards, I, I would say perhaps there is two phases, two main phases in the building, in the creation of a, such a factory. First, you have a technical phase. You have to build a technical stack to decide that you will choose a site core, that you would choose this or this vendor. At that time, we chose to, to, to work with, uh, with Valtech, for example. You have to choose uh, the DevOps organization, uh, all the things that, that is around how will it work technically. But it's only the first phase. And many people forget that you have the second phase. The second phase I, I talked about in the previous question is how do you adapt this great thing, this great technical thing, to the L'Oréal way of working, to the needs of the brands. How do you, are you sure that your clients, so my clients are the brands of L'Oréal, you know, they find it easier to work with you than to work with the, you know, the little agencies they used to have been working with for years, you know, at the end of the corner. So you have to rethink it and to convince, and there is a huge phase of, and this perhaps as difficult as the first phase, the second phase of adapting it to this group is, I think, the most, uh, perhaps the most difficult and perhaps the most, the most underestimated because mm -hmm. there is no recipe for everybody. You know, every group has to find its own way. If tomorrow I would propose to be the same for Danone, no, perhaps the first phase would be okay because I would get inspired by what I did for L'Oréal. But the second phase, it, had to be, it would have to be completely adapted to the organization of Danone, you know, how people work with zones, with, the, with division, do, do, you know, do they speak together, who is the head of which, who is accountable for what, and this phase is really important, it, it has to be taken into account. Interestingly, you're the second person in this, second client, I should say, in this interview series to have mentioned exactly that, and as okay. you say, it's the most unexpected element when you're going into a digital transformation, you almost don't realize how impactful that that organizational change is going to be and how much uh, thought and process needs to go into transforming it and in our experience of digital transformation it can often highlight a skills gap in particular is that something that came into play for you at L'Oreal when you started the process yeah of course you know before me the, there was a team that created let's say technically this, uh, this factory so they were the, the one who let's say created the concept of it 
And you know, we, uh, you know, we get on well and we still have phone calls together and uh, we respect each other because they did the work I could not do. They're choosing this technical, highly technical things about, around DevOps. I would not have done this anyway. And I did what they could not do is with my knowledge of L'Oreal, you know, adapting it. So we had the coach, agile coach at the beginning at the website factory to be sure that, you know, the, we worked well with our vendors and our um, brands to be sure that we were completely aligned on the process to, uh, to work, on the, especially on the build. We are completely agile on the build. So we needed someone to, to coach us and we had an agile coach. And, you know, at the beginning, when you spoke about recruiting an agile coach, the guy were not exactly knowing if it was for the gym or if it was for the website factory, you know, it was funny, you know, it's, and, and you know, what is great is that they got used to it like this, you know, with the help of agencies, with the help of the guy, uh, you know, were coming from agencies that were a website factory head at that time, etc. They recruited the best guys and to be honest, today, Three years after, most of those persons that were recruited at that time are still there. Now you have phases in such a factory. You have you know, the, the phase of the creation, uh, building the thing, building all the logic of the stack. And then you have the middle maturity and maturity. And for all those steps, you need different profiles. For example, at one point we said, perhaps we don't need any more an, ag an agile coach. So we decided to, to do the same work with another company, but it was a good decision because, in fact, we thought, no, now people are got used to it. Most of our brands are now, you know, briefed. They understood what it is about. And so we said, okay, let's, let's pick some other expertise we need. For example, when you go from build to locations and then to run, you enter a complete product phase, product management, and then you have releases every month, thousands of releases for your 11 brands in your 60 countries, et cetera, et cetera. And here you say, guys, I absolutely need a resume manager and I absolutely need a quality manager. So we decided, and we were very agile, changing slowly the competencies from, you know, from the one at the beginning to the one of a mature factory, like 300 websites around the world, et cetera, et cetera. But it was done very smoothly. And L'Oréal is a big company, so we had also opportunities for some people to find other jobs in, uh, you know, some other departments, going to the business, etc. So it was great also to see them evolving, and you know, with with in their, uh, you know, in their backpack, all this experience of the website factory. Mm. And and with that agile transformation, I guess you feel that L'Oréal is now working much more collaboratively than it than it was before. In that sense, we spend a lot of time with our brands. Uh, to, of course, to explain them what was Agile, because, of course, everybody speaks about Agile, but nobody understands that it's a very rigid organization and you have to follow the rules. Mm. So it's quite funny that uh, the, the adjective Agile, especially in French, is, has nothing to do with the, with the Agile ways of working. So we, had, uh, we spent a lot of time, you know, coaching them, teaching them the rules. And in fact, you know, at the beginning, everybody was not perfect. As in every factory at the beginning, we had some fails. We learned happily a lot from those. And that's also the, you know, the retro in Agile. It's, it's here for this. You learn, you learn a lot from your, own, uh, from your own errors and you do not do them again. So that's, and we had a sort of set of rules that would work in Agile. And you know, I had always this discussion with the, with the, with the brands telling about Versailles. So Versailles, you know, it's my, my typical, uh, typical speech. So I said, you know, guys, we won't give you, we won't give you Versailles in six months. 
it's impossible. Nobody in the world will do. And if somebody tells he will do, they are lying. Nobody now does Versailles in six months. So your website and your big brands like L'Oréal Paris, La Roche-Posay, you know, big leaders that said, no, I want a perfect website day one. And I had to teach them that it's not anymore what we will do. We will have an MVP day one. And an MVP, and then, of course, we enter a product mode and we will enhance each month new features. But this, for a L'Oréal person, educated in the concept of excellence, excellence day one, is something you can't imagine. You can't imagine how difficult it is to say, I will renounce to this perfectly perfect day one, to a sort of not finished day one, which was for them, you know, a sort of uh, indecency. So we had to teach them and to you know, say, if you don't, if you refuse the laws, if you refuse the rules, in fact, we won't work with you. If you, if you ask us 200 features in six months, in fact, we stay on the bench and we wait for you to decide, but we will never begin with a scope of 200 features. Let's make the, the squad begin, you know, the squad with the Valtech team, with the L'Oreal team, with the, you know, the creative agency team together in the room. Let's close the door, you know, and let's them work on the, the feature they will choose for the MVP. Could be perhaps around 80 features. Let them work. No, it's not possible. I want 200. Okay, you for the rules. I refuse to do your website. And I could only say this because I was also a member of L'Oréal. Imagine a small agency at the corner. They would have said, oh, yes, we will try. I said, no, we will fail together. You will fail, I will fail. So we won't do this. Let's choose the 80 features for the beginning of the website. It's like Versailles, you know. You can have your one, la chambre du roi, et les grandes écuries. And don't worry, you will sell tickets with this. Millions of Chinese people will visit the, the, the Versailles with only those two, those two big things. And your two, you can have la chambre du roi et le petit trianon. And your three, you will have la galerie des glaces. And then it's total Versailles. But you will have your tickets sold during those three years. This is exactly what I want to do with you, with your website. And you know, this took time. But at the end of the day, my props, my biggest pride with the team uh, you know, on on website factory. Of course, we have website and they have very, they are very performant, etc. But you know, we made them understand that it's possible to have this, you know, this excellence that is going through the months and through the years and not only day one. And uh, I'm very happy and proud and proud about this. <laughs> well, two really pertinent things that you said. One, don't be afraid of failure. As soon as you embark on something like this, you need to have that test and learn approach. You need to take risks. You need to be daring. And you can't be afraid to fail. You have to try it out and see what works. And the second thing that you said is this organizational mindset shift. Again, we said it earlier, people go into something like this and they forget to take into account exactly what it's going to mean on a day-to-day level when you're talking with your teams, when you're uh, talking about the kind of results that you're going to achieve or the KPIs that you might be able to meet. You have to realize that it will take time and it takes a lot of investment from from everybody to make something like an agile process work and to get it up and running and and working to, to achieve results. Knowing what you know now, do you think maybe you could have avoided some of the pitfalls that you, you came across earlier on in the process? We had, before beginning the website factory, 400 websites around the world on different systems, different maintenance, built by different agencies, no coherence. And when we built this factory, 
of course, we are here to uh, create the next generation of great websites for the next generation. But we were also asked to manage the legacy and to manage the run of the legacy. And suddenly, we were completely overwhelmed by 400 websites that we had to maintain, a bit to enhance, do the minimum to until the next generation. And we were overwhelmed by thousands of bugs arriving from around the world. Our partner for maintenance was also completely lost in the, you know, the diversity of what could happen in the L'Oreal world. Mm-hmm. So it was a few months where the team had to cope with this completely underestimated work. We had, they had in mind only to build, to be ready for the next and the coming uh, new builds. And they were completely focused on those thousands of countries shouting at them because the maintenance was not perfect. We had, they had no maintenance before, but suddenly they had one and they under, suddenly understood that it was great and they were shouting. And, you know, we had those, those you know, uh, remarks, not very nice to us, etc. It was very, you know, painful moment. So when you have a new factory, be careful if you accept the legacy of the consequences. I'll never regret it to take the legacy because it was a sort of deal. We built a factory and the factory is not, is not for free, so you have to pay the guy, etc. And the deal was, but we take in charge of the legacy until we have the new website. So it was a good deal. I don't regret it. But never underestimate the quantity of work of taking those disparate things around the world. So this is perhaps the first pitfall I saw. And the second pitfall, you know, at Valtech, that we chose two uh, uh, partners to do this factory with us, uh, Valtech and Photon. And I think it was a good decision not to have many, only two, very trustful. Uh, we build this together, we uh, encourage together, we decide together the processes, etc. But we underestimated perhaps the ping pong between the two. And it was also something that at one point we said, okay, let's sit down together us, the two uh, partners, and let's find solutions for at every step, at the build in the build during the build phase, during the local phase, during the run phase. Let's be sure that it's smooth for everybody, and everybody has the information to have a smooth handover between the two. So it was something also that took time, but and perhaps were also underestimated. Now it works, so we're very proud of it. But this, this, those are the two pitfalls I wanted to perhaps to share that are perhaps useful for other companies. Absolutely. And good, good advice there. And I think, you know, as, as a final question, perhaps, would there be any other advice that you'd have for companies of your scale or perhaps even smaller companies who are embarking on their own digital transformation journey? What would be the key things that you would advise them? When I look forward to what was done at L'Oréal and what were the key success factors, let's say, I would say first is have a clear strategy, a few words, a few figures. For example, at L'Oréal, we had this strategy you probably saw in newspapers because it was quite public. It was the 20, 50, 100. Well, now it, it changed a bit because the figures changed, but 20% e-commerce, 50% person that would, would contact, and 100 love brands. And you know, this shaped completely the strategy of every people in the company. You can't imagine, you know, we were arriving in Korea for an e-visit, and the agenda is 20, 50, 100. So you are all the subject under e-commerce. You know, it's, it shapes, it gives objective and priorities to everybody. So having a very clear, very simple 
strategy in a few sentences is so important to, to, to prioritize and to strategize. Second thing I would say, internalize the expertise you think are so important for you, for the future. I would speak, for example, about media. You know, treating the media, perhaps, in some big countries, you need to internalize the competency because it's so important for the future. Third uh, advice, perhaps, is, um, yeah, it's upskilling. I would say upskilling. Upskilling, training people. One of the key success factors at Lohal is that it's not only the digital guys that were upskilled, etc. The whole company was upskilled. So we have everybody in this company, you know, including the head of a country, has to, you know, to follow upskilling, uh, upskilling sessions, etc. And at the end of this, of each year, we have a sort of exam we call the CM1, and you have a note, and you can, you can, you know, evaluate yourself and say, okay, I should work on this or this, and they provide you for more, more, more training on this, on this, to be sure that you have a deep knowledge of digital. You're not an expert. A country manager is not an expert, but you have, you can have a discussion between the digital manager of a brand and the head of a country on, you know, a 3P on, a, on a, an AMS on Amazon. You know, those technical words are known by everybody and it becomes a common language, which is so important. Then I would perhaps finish by one uh, thing that is a culture. Is, is there some, some, somewhere in your culture the culture of your company, something around seizing what is new. You know, we have at L'Oréal a sentence you know, that was created by uh, by Dal. He was he was our our boss uh, many many years ago, and he created this sentence, "Saisir ce qui commence," which could be translated by uh, "size what is beginning." So we had this uh, sort of uh, ability at L'Oréal to always feel what is new and try to grab it and to make it real or to use it in some countries, etc. You know, for example, take the example of uh, live streaming. One or two years ago, we saw the first live streams in, in, in China saying, what, what is that? It's, it's crazy. This thing is becoming crazy. And now we know what live streaming has become. But at that time, it was like, how can we use it? How will we prepare our, our countries to accept this? Because it will become worldwide. And let's be the first to be able to grab this new trend, et cetera, et cetera. So this is also a question of culture and work on the culture of your company, the way you recruit, the way you tra train people to be sure that they have this ability to feel what is new and to size it. Well, this is what I would share with, the, with you. Excellent advice. Thank you. And I mentioned at the start of, of this, uh, the podcast in the introduction that you've now taken on a new role as a global chief e-commerce officer at L'Oreal. And what an exciting time to be taking on a role like that. So we wish you the very best of luck in everything that you do next. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you so, so much for joining us on the podcast today. And thank you. Thank you for you. You've been listening to the 25 Days of Transformation series from Valtech Cafe. If you enjoyed this podcast, then why not subscribe and keep up to date with all of the episodes in this series and a whole host of insights from the Valtech Cafe back catalogue. And if you'd like more information about what we do or to get in touch, why not visit us at valtech.com to find out the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.